Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Stress is the inflammation that robs us of life, energy, and happiness. Our typical solutions for gut health and hormone balance have let a lot of us down. We're over-medicated and underserved. At The Less Stressed Life, we're a community of health-savvy women exploring solutions outside of our traditional Western medicine toolbox and training to raise the bar and change our stories. Each week, our hope is that you leave our sessions inspired to learn, grow, and share these stories to raise the bar in your life and home. So today on The Less Stressed Life, I wanted to give some extra love to candida and kind of our misconceptions, misunderstanding, and the old and new school way to treat it. So according to the American Thoracic Society, candida is the most single most important cause of fungal infections worldwide because candida is one of the strains of fungus. And there are many, there's like a whole fungal um, fungal biome, which I'll talk about in the moment. In the US, um, candida is the fourth most common cause of bloodstream infections that can develop when people are in the hospital. This is why I've had clients that have ever had a positive candida test with their primary care provider. The primary care may have said, this only happens in majorly immunocompromised people, but I would disagree to this. Hello to those that are joining live. I think I didn't say this for the podcast recording, but I'm also trying to do this as an Instagram live at the same time. So um, you might hear me toggling back and forth and actually answering some live questions. So the CDC recognizes that vaginal candidiasis is common. And in the US, it's the second most common type of vaginal infection after bacterial vaginal infections. Over three-fourths or 75% of women will get a yeast infection in their lifetime. And many of them have reoccurring infections. So as someone who grew up in a pretty imbalanced, with a pretty imbalanced myco, that's our fungal biome, not our micro, that's our bacterial biome, but an imbalanced mycobiome or fungal biome or ecosystem, we need to first state that fungus is commensal. That means normal. And we don't really understand it as well as we could. Um, and it's also really easy to become imbalanced. And it's a hot topic. So candida is a type of fungus. And candida is a common part of the normal flora in the digestive tract. And it also hangs out in other places each year, as I'll talk about different symptoms in a minute. Um, when your uh, immune system is weakened for one reason or another, candida has the opportunity to grow out of control and wreak havoc on almost all aspects of your body. For example, um, 
One way that candida has a party is when you take antibiotics, not that they're bad, but you just suppress all good bacteria and they live in a symphony bacteria and fungus. So it allows the fungus to take up all the parking spaces. Um, so that's kind of the, the situation. So we're not demonizing them. Um, antibiotics of course are overused, but they have their life saving place. But when you kill all that bacteria, it just, it just allows it to have a party. So let's talk about candida overgrowth and all the varieties of symptoms that you can have. Some of them you may be familiar with, some of them 100% overlap into other symptoms, including bacterial overgrowth. So here are some of them. And then I'll give you some of them that are like a little bit more specific. So diarrhea, constipation, um, like gas, generalized fatigue, because any of these things will eat up your B vitamins, etc. Skin rashes, um, inconveniently, they can be really fungal in nature. Muscle and joint pain, because there's some byproduct breakdown that happens. And so you have an increase of this certain thing that you would get from food and normally break down and move out oxalates. And I would not Google that. Um, sometimes an increase of allergies. But here are the things that I find more common for yeasty stuff, which would be um, yeast infections on their own thrush or white-coated tongue, jock itch, toenail fungus, um, athlete's foot, itchy ears, um, sinus stuff. Those are some other symptoms I commonly ask clients that are a little bit more um, fungal in nature, more so than bacteria, because the other ones can be both. This is a fun but also super annoying fact is that it's actually kind of hard to find these in some testing. Um, it only shows up like it's just not a common place for it to shed out all the time in the GI. And other fun, really annoying fact, you can continue to re-inoculate yourself after you've kind of killed fungus from like old socks and shoes and even underwear because um, our clothes don't really get awesomely clean, <laughs> unfortunately, in the washer. So um that sucks. I know it's hard to find in testing and it's easy to keep coming back. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about why that is, but remember, I've already said the, if the immune system is low, that's a main, a main thing. Um, so in my practice, I tend to address it based on symptoms in addition to addressing the other gun imbalances. So like if the shoe fits, so if the symptoms lean toward fungal overgrowth, in addition to bacterial dysbiosis or imbalance, um, so if I see those really big sugar cravings, white coat of tongue, itchy ears, sinus stuff, yeast infection history, then I want to make sure I'm addressing fungus in my protocol. Sorry, I'm recording at the uh, podcast at the same time I'm doing this. And so it feels like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not giving you the eye, eye contact you deserve. Um, feel free to drop some questions. And if you want me to answer those, um, live here, I think it is, um, really important to address root causes of candida in order to overcome it. So let's talk about all the reasons that you might have that in the first place. Unpopular reason, chronic stress and inflammation, low stomach acid, um, overuse of antibiotics, killing off the good GI flora diet, causing like low, good flora H pylori, um, where it'll actually live inside of it. Other organisms, um, main house fungus, another big one for unresolved fungal issues is the source of infection. This comes into all bacterial dysbiosis. So like if you get re-inoculated by other people in your family, or you have coexisting infections and you're not treating those like H. pylori, or this is kind of a big one. I'll try to give some pearls on this. If you have environmental or dietary mold intake. So some foods are very moldy, certain coffee <laughs> or mycotoxins, some telltale signs that you might have um, mycotoxin or mold issues, even though this is not a real topic I love to get into, but some telltale signs is basically your body's going to hell in a handbasket. Um, really frequent illnesses, achiness and joints, um, specifically legs, ankles, hands, like common sore throat that doesn't really manifest into illness. Um, 
And when it's really, really bad, sometimes you'll get like weird random sweats. Adrenals get really burned out too. Um, another like little sign of maybe having some mold or mycotoxin things. This was my nerdy friends and colleagues that first found a relationship between this, but they found recurrent bacterial vaginosis and mold, a little bit of mycotoxin or mold um, as, as things that correlated or went together. I've done some other podcasts on mycotoxins and mold toxins. I'm sure you'll get another one after um, on some clinical pearls eventually here, but, uh, and I've done one on and just mold and coffee, which was such a big thing for me, like drinking crappy coffee and feeling terrible um, as a as a as someone who has had this mold exposure. If you are exposed to mold and you don't see it in your home, or you happen to be drinking a cup of moldy coffee, you could have some like significant recurring fungal issues or symptoms, just depending on what else you have going on. That's really going to suppress the immune system, which allows the fungus to thrive. So um, we want to make sure we're always addressing underlying things in order to keep because remember. Fungus is normal. Um, it's just the overgrowth that's a problem. Um, what else? Okay, so here's the old school way that that we used to talk about um, addressing candida. Um, old school was that they used to try to starve off candida by removing all carbs and sugar from the diet. Uh, that may look okay. Like that may seem like it helps at first. Um, but that's not really like a long-term fix. That's really a temporary band-aid. So it suppresses or doesn't feed the candida overgrowth for a little while. But as soon as you add back the carbs, which you need for energy and thyroid and everything else, it thrives again. So I don't think this old school approach is really good enough in my opinion and the opinion of my clients that have actually already tried it and had relapse issues. Um, so one diet is good foundational, good balanced diet is good for overall health. And the goal is never to fully eliminate tons of foods permanently. Um, and so this doesn't really cut it. Um, I had someone comment on Instagram about this. I must've done a post on, on candida. And she said, I was put on a candida diet years ago and it's totally ruined my health since then. Extremely restricted diets like that cause so many mental and physical side effects that in my opinion, they're not worth it. There has to be other ways to heal than cutting out several major, major food groups at once. And then she said, now my vitamin and mineral counts are all off right? Because she wasn't getting, she's not addressing the real root cause, which is the overgrowth. Um, she's just kind of starving it and everything, all the good stuff is also getting starved. And my immune system is basically depleted because I deprived myself of nutrients from so many food groups during that time. I've been fighting to get my levels corrected again, but it's like my body doesn't trust me. What happens once all that restriction happens is minerals get really out of balance and it looks, and it's kind of difficult um, to replete those and you get some weird symptoms. So I feel her and I just wanted, I felt like her story was a good example. So there is a better way. So the best way to treat candida overgrowth or fungal overgrowth is a multi-prong approach of taking targeted antifungals, whether prescription or herbal. I'm actually kind of a fan of prescription antifungals, especially for mold at the proper dosage and the proper amount of time, along with spore-based probiotics and other um, immune support and addressing other gut imbalances and inflammation. Because if you have an H. pylori overgrowth and it's housing candida, if you don't get rid of that, you're not really going to correct it. So I think it's always multi-pronged. Everyone's like, I have a quick question. Ha <laughs> probably not, right? Um, so while there are things you can take to kill candida, if your overall immune system is poor or your good bacteria is poor, you do have to start by laying a foundation. Otherwise, the candida will continue to pop back even when you try to kill with different things that work for killing or balancing fungus. So no one has asked a question on Instagram Live. <laughs> Is this a good way to record a podcast? I don't know. I was hoping like maybe we get some real lives. So if you have questions about candida, you can drop them in the comments. As with most, most gut health recommendations, um, you know, it's good to 
if you don't know what you're doing yourself, um, then it's good to work with a trained and experienced practitioner um, because the composition of your microbiome is so important. Uh, and we don't want to damage it by doing like throwing grenades. I would say throwing grenades in to our gut um, when we throw random grenades in. We also suppress good bacteria, which is also going to lead to a more difficult road back because remember, suppressed good bacteria also allows fungus to thrive in the long term. Could you recommend an antifungal over the counter? Um, so there's herbal antifungals that you can do. Um, you can do prescription, typical prescription antifungals include diflucan, istatin, et cetera. Um, those can be done orally or um, like vaginally or topically. Herbals, but then again, I, I think this is like, I'm going to tell you what they are. And I think it's a bad idea um, to willy nilly this. <laughs> um, so some cool ones that are out there. There's one what is it called? Candy smart. It's like a nice little kit where it kind of has a little bit of instruction where you wouldn't really overdo it forever. Oregano, Paul de Arco, caprylic acid, decalinic acid, um, a whole bunch of things, grapefruit seed extract. All of these things are technically antifungal, have antifungal and antibacterial properties. Um, it's a matter of you can't just kill. You have to suppress, you have to support as well. So if you have really, really low immune system in addition. And so like I've repeated myself a couple times on purpose because it's kind of a big deal. Um, you can't just, uh, starve something or kill it, you have to support the overall foundation. Otherwise it will pop back. Yeah. And you know, honestly, sometimes um, uh, so someone's commenting on Instagram um, that their, his or her doctor or his doctor won't prescribe um, an antifungal because she doesn't think you need it. You know, usually I don't find that that is actually a huge issue for a lot of people. And I will counsel my clients, like let them know that you're having fungal overgrowth symptoms, like really consistent ones um, or find a new provider potentially. So um, the other thing with antifungals, it, like with, with a lot of meds is that they can be a little hard on the liver. I just want to do a little bit of liver support as well. So I'm scrolling through. I don't see any other comments about, oh, I just want to mention, well, and I don't know, um, someone commented, I had a gut biome test and I have both SIBO and candida. I'm confused about how to eat, but, and food is important, but here's the problem about confusion of how to eat. You can't correct the SIBO and candida with your diet alone. And so those overgrowths will make it so you cannot digest things properly. And if you can't digest things properly, your gut um, your body uses that food to feed the bad stuff instead of supporting the good stuff. So if you digest properly, your body takes fibers and makes them into short chain fatty acids, which is how your body heals itself. And if it can't digest them, it feeds bad bacteria and fungus. It's so exciting. <laughs> it's so horrible. It's like, uh, it's just, it makes you feel like you're handcuffed. So don't expect to think that you can eat your way out of it. Unfortunately, um, like when someone has a protozoa or any, like there's just, there are things that are, that will really feed the fungal and bacteria overgrowth, but for the most part, you cannot starve it away. Like that's the whole premise of this conversation and this recording, this dual recording of the podcast episode and the Instagram live. So I hope that helps save you a lot of time and, um, and frustration. Adrian said, what kind of immune support do you recommend? So it depends. There is nutrients that support the immune system. There is, I love this marker called secretory IgA or SIG IgA, and that gets suppressed for a lot of my clients. I look at it on the stool test. Um, and there's a lot of things that support that. Um, I love colostrum for this. It's like one of my favorite things to use. Um, but for people to actually see that number, they do tend to like that because if it's really suppressed, it can mean different things if it's high as well. Um, but you can do nutrient immune support. You can do immunoglobulin immune support. And if I was on a deserted Island, I would want to have immunoglobulin immune support. Another comment. Um, thank you. Histamine hang over butyrate for the win. Yes. Um, another comment is that uh, back to that foundational piece. If you don't have like good sources of a like vitamin A, like not carrots, like not beta carotene, but retinol vitamin A, 
Then that also helps inhibit fungal overgrowth. Zinc technically inhibits fungal overgrowth. So like topically, when you're having seborrheic dermatitis or something, there's some different products with zinc. You'll see those in like anti-dandruff products because it helps inhibit in, inhibit that fungal overgrowth. That can be big. So there's like multiple angles here that if you were deficient in a certain area, sometimes you don't get it, you know, all the time. Um um, Caitlin said she's struggling with perioral dermatitis and I would just comment that, uh, salicylates, uh, seem to really irritate perioral dermatitis in both topicals, high biocult, uh, both topicals and, um, and potentially in foods as well is what I have seen. So I think that is all the questions and hopefully that was good and useful. Um, and this episode, so, and as a comment, Caitlin, um, that's a thank you so much for saying I am to started taking zinc. <laughs> Cause that's a whole nother thing. I mean, technically zinc, if you like super dose that without, um, symphony with copper, you create a copper deficiency. And, and those stagehands, that's my new analogy for that. Those stagehands behind the scene are important for like a lot of other cascades. And something else I forgot to say is a lot of people take vitamin D, which competes with receptor sites for vitamin A which is like a Krista rabbit hole from the last year. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of comment on that because, you know, it's not easy. It's not like super duper simple and easy. So if you go take, you know, something you Google, just be careful with it because you're just, you're like throwing grenades in the lawn, but you've got to support that foundation overall. Is burning mouth syndrome connected to oral microbiome? Yes, it can be. And also B12 deficiency from histamine hangover. Can the antibiotics you took as a kid still be affecting your gut health now? Leah asks. Nice to see you, Leah. Um, they could, if you're do, if you had frequent antibiotics, it's really cool to create, compile a health history. And so you can kind of, because you don't always associate how like I did this and then this started to happen a while later, because you'll start to see things really pile up over years. Um, so we know in the literature that taking antibiotics can affect your microbiome for at least two years, if not three. Um, there's definitely research that says that. Um, but as for a kid, like your microbiome is supposed to be set around age three, which I was talking to a client yesterday. We are working as like a small child working on eczema, but also like poor growth um, and some true food allergies. And so you can start growing out of food allergies at age three, which conveniently is also the time that your microbiome gets set as a kiddo. So you're kind of like set a little bit um, around age three. Uh, it's like immune system maturity, sort of. I've, certainly you can affect the gut as an adult, but that's kind of where those like infantile um, antibiotics can be a little bit rough. So awesome questions. Thank you for asking them. So this podcast episode was more interesting. And hopefully this is actually coming out like tomorrow. So look for, uh, there's a link in my bio, lessstresslife.com or lessstresslifepodcast. Go to your podcast app and subscribe. And um, I think that's a much easier way to do a replay. And I think the next one I'll do like this is real causes of constipation. Um, But if you have suggestions or you'd like other topics and you'd like me to do it like this, where I Instagram live at the same time as recording a podcast, I would love to have your questions. All right, I've got to run to another interview and I will talk to you guys later. Thanks so much. Did you know that The Less Stressed Life is not just a podcast? We're really a virtual private practice that sees clients one-on-one for issues with your gut, skin, energy, and overcoming food sensitivities. Our team gets to do cool tests that you can't or that are often not ordered in standard primary care office visits. And we get to help our clients navigate and interpret those tests to get great results on resolving symptoms. And we've grown to help more one-on-one clients now that we have an amazing 
registered nurse and registered dietitian working alongside me, another registered dietitian to give our clients better care than most have ever received before. To learn more about the testing we use most often, our process, and lots of testimonials for different symptoms and conditions, please download our anti-inflammatory guide for healing gut, skin, and energy issues at kristabigler.com forward slash gut guide. That's kristabigler.com forward slash gut guide, or schedule an introductory case review at kristabigler.com. Sharing and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help us succeed with our mission to help integrate the best of East and West and empower you to raise the bar on your health story. Just go to reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. That's reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. And you'll be taken directly to a page where you can insert your review and hit post. Post.